All right, we are here. We are here on Zoom and it's Monday and we're a little tired. Well, I'm and we're tired. over it. And we're, over it. <laughs> like, we're a little tired. I'm tired. Um, I hope everyone's been having a great weekend. Um, when this airs, it'll be Tuesday. But we have a really cool topic um, that someone actually requested, which is definitely up our alley. So we're going to be talking today about hormonal health um, and when it comes to hormones and damage done over time Um, in the physique world and competition world and bodybuilding. We do a lot of stuff over time, and that includes contest prep. That includes um, eating a lot in off season that that has metabolic changes that happen with that. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about like what those hormonal changes might be um, and how the and how they affect you over time with consistent abuse, um, usually via stress. So Mm -hmm. um, let's go ahead and start. Ash, what do you want to start with? Like contest prep, maybe? yeah, yeah I think really yeah. even any dieting, right. Cause any dieting yeah. has like a consequence. So like even looking at like, let's look at like my case. Cause I have a very unique case where it's like the, I don't want to call it fat to fit, but that's essentially what it was. Like I was obese. Right. Mm-hmm. So like there's consequences, both positive and negative to having like fat loss phases. It just depends upon like duration, how you do it, like intensity, I guess. Um, but there is always going to be still some like after lingering effect, right? Like nothing happens in isolation. So like, you know, we have research on plenty of, you know, fat loss, weight loss studies, where it's like people that like lose, especially significant amounts of weight, where like, they're going to have, you know, hormonal adaptations that do linger on. Um, But I think it's also important to recognize that the body doesn't want to be sick and tends to be very, very resilient up until a point. Um, but everyone's going to be unique and different in that perspective. So especially if we're looking at like something as severe as contest prep, well, we can look at it in one of two ways. Like if you're doing contest prep natty, do you think that's going to be harsher than someone maybe willing to use something like, you know, replacement T3 and T4 dosages, like in that context, it actually might be healthier to do a contest prep utilizing those, you know, thyroid drugs than doing, you know, it completely natty. Cause obviously we're going to have that negative adaptation and especially looking at women, that's going to infect things like their menstrual cycle health. And like, sometimes, you know, women can be amenorrheic for years and years and like have a really hard time regaining it because of contest prep and then continued stress and abuse that their body takes from high intensity training, whether that's like lifting weights really hard or abusing cardio or, you know, maybe wanting to keep a quote unquote lower body fat percentage in the off season. So you never gain above like 30 pounds. I think that's the magic number that gets thrown around. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to recognize that like there are different circumstances and unique circumstances that like, yes, you can heal from, but I think there's still going to be that consequence of damage that was done due to, you know, whatever your specific scenario was. Right. I mean, like a lot of this has to do, especially with damage to the, your metabolic function and hormonal function, again, like has a lot to do with stress, right. And lack of energy availability. And so when your body feels like it's not safe, it's not safe. 
Um, it will kind of focus on other areas like putting on um, body fat, like trying to create the safety net of energy for it. And so over time, when you're chronically dieting, it will continue to create this safety net for it until it feels safe enough to, for example, like give a period, um, menstruate, like that is going to be something that is happening because there's high energy availability and, uh, in a environment of low stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you come out of a dieting phase or a contest prep, you're trying to increase food, lower expenditure, um, and lower movement in general to, to lower stress, um, so that you can get the body back into this state of safety. Like, so I say like the body only does what it wants to, what you influence it, um, or how you influence it and what it decides to give you. Like you don't really like, imagine the body's like an orchestra, um, and you are like the conductor. You can only influence the, the, instruments, but whoever's playing the instruments, they get to, that's the sound that comes out similar with hormonal health. Um, and so it's, um, important that you understand that, like that it's not anything that you can do. It's only influence that your body will decide. This is what we're going to do because you have given me the environment that's safe enough to do so. Right. And Uh, I think it's important is you gave it the environment. It's the inputs and the outputs. Like what you input is like your decision It's your influence, but the output is kind of like beyond your control. Right. But you can control the output to an extent by manipulating inputs, which is why like, it's important to look at, you know, if we look at the, if it fits your macros crowd versus like the whole foods crowd, mm -hmm. like there's a difference. There's a huge difference in how the physique looks and how the physique responds. Even if the calories are gram for gram equal, because you're obviously looking at the bigger picture of it's not just macros. It's also the micros. It's also how your body's able to digest things, right? So if you take someone who just purely does, if it fits your macros is in putting in to their body, like a bunch of processed shit, you know, abusing things like xanthan gums or whatever, for the sake of volume, um, mm-hmm. That's that, that little SpongeBob, <laughs> little SpongeBob <laughs> text to speak there. But like, seriously though, like it matters how the physique responds. So like, even though if you're, the calories are completely the same, the macros are completely the same, you're going to have different outcomes. Yes. Because you're different individuals. If you're comparing two people, but like the physique will look different and the output will be different in terms of managing thyroid output looking at just hormonal balance. When we're looking at sex hormones, like looking at liver health, looking at kidney health, like that shit is going to be drastically different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like you also have to realize that just because you are focused, you, you began focusing on your health as far as like energy balance and, and, and all of those wonderful things, it takes time to get there. And I think people sort of get impatient um, and they think that after cuts shortly after they can get into another one, or they can increase their workload, or they can increase their training to an extent that is still not conducive towards their health and, and what their body is able to kind of balance on its own stress wise. And so you end up prolonging this, this phase of trying to get your body back to where it was because you're still going all over the place and you're not being patient. So I'll give you an example for me. Um, after my, my lowest, like, I mean, most intense prep ever 
um, was for the USAs in 2019. And I was so small, like I was just so tiny and so shredded. Um, and shortly after that, I went out on a bunch of trips. I had, I was in a relationship at the time and we went out, we had vacations after, and we were living our best life. And you would think that like, I'm not stressing myself out by like doing what I want to do, but that was probably like not the best idea um, to try and get to try to be trying to increase my, my um, energy, like reservoir in my body while also like doing a bunch of other things, binge eating. Um, And so it ended up being to where I had that show in July and I didn't get to a point where I was really able to focus on my health because I had so much going on still until about January of 2020. And, and you can see like the, like, if I were to show pictures of myself, like how inflamed I still was, I was still very inflamed. My waist wasn't, um, wasn't really, it was, I looked kind of boxy a little. And these were like my first check-in photos that I ever sent Mark. Yeah. I was um, say, you didn't have it like no offense, but you didn't have a waist. Your first check-in yeah. photos. You yeah. like, you did look like a, a box, like a box, right? Like, but that's because not because I actually looked like that. It was due to inflammation. It was due to, um, body fat accrual in the wrong areas because, when you're stressed, your body will store fat in the waist area. Um, it will choose that to sort of protect that area. Um, and so it will choose to, to hang body fat there, um, especially in women. Um, and my health markers were like all over the place. Like, even though I was still tiny, I was tiny. It was like skinny fat. And, um, it's because I didn't take care of myself and I was still in this stress state, um, in this state of like, not like I thought I was being consistent, but I wasn't as consistent as, as I needed to be. Um, and so it wasn't until that January that I really started to focus on my health and getting myself together. And I would say within a month, like I had a shape, like within a month I had a shape and not because I'm like super genetically gifted, but because I was focusing on whole foods. I was focusing on micronutrients. I had a coach that was actually paying attention to me. (laughs) I was training harder. My energy output was higher because of it. And I was actually able to put on muscle. I, w- I was not able to put on muscle in the previous state. And I think that sometimes people will tend to think like after you're dieting, you can do what you want to do. And this isn't necessarily the case. Um, you actually have to work on your health during that time. Um, and you have to be very patient about it because I could have taken a few months to get myself together and I would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead I thought that because I was so low body fat, I could do what I wanted to do. And that wasn't, that's not how it works. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there needs to be this idea of like, you need to take time to just focus on your hormonal health. If you know, it has been compromised. If you know, it has been compromised, you need to take time to fix it. Um, but you, you can't like do a bunch of other things at one time. So like, for example, trying to stay in a deficit while trying to get your period back, if that's an issue for you does not work. You cannot do that. You cannot have, you cannot be in an energy deficit and be crazy on expenditure when you're trying to get your period back. Why? Because your body needs energy to do it. Um, and you need a, a, a long, a lot, a lot of amount of time to be able to say that you've successfully gained your period back. I mean, like four or five, six months of a consistent period 
six months preferred, like for you to be able to say, okay, like I'm consistent again. So not only are you taking time for hormonal health, you are also needing to make sure that it's consistent at the same time. So you might get your period back, but that doesn't mean that you're going back to dieting. It doesn't mean that you're going back to, to a growth, a growth phase. If maybe that's not something that you can do right now. Um, it means that you're like, okay, we got one. Awesome. We're not, a, we're not, you know, giving cookies when we don't need to um, let's keep going and say, stay right. and stay patient. And I think uh, people need to really, um, really hone in on that because I see a lot of like just impatience and that's what fucks people up with hormones. Yeah. So. Agreed. Like any type of like health phase, like if you put a timeline on it, you're already setting yourself up for failure. And I know that's probably really harsh, but that's just reality. What's going to happen. Like if you like, are like, Oh, well, I have six months to do this. Like your brain is putting a timeline on something that has no timeline. Oh like, yeah. Cause you, again, you don't control it mm-hmm. again. Like you don't get to say like, okay, in six months, I'm going to do this. Like your life could be completely different and your body could be in a completely different state by then you could potentially have like digestive issues and have to fix that. Like, you know, like you, you never know, like you never know what could happen. And so like, that's why I think like, you know, we could do a whole podcast on like why timelines are not the biz. Um, but it's important to understand that you're always going to have loops and bounds, like Mm -hmm. in your journey, like sort of going through this, um, and to not get too attached to anything, um, in the future and do not have anxiety over like, or worry over the past. Um, you have to just kind of stay in the present and like do what's best for you, like at this specific moment. Um, and if the next day it's still good for you, cool. If the next day it's still good for you, cool. Continue, like continue, continue, but take it a day at a time. Um, don't like try not to look too far in the future. Um, yeah. In these cases, I think it's very, very valuable to acknowledge your past and understand like maybe how you fucked up or what happened. So that Mm -hmm. way you learn how to avoid it in the future. Cause like, obviously if you're a bodybuilder, um, and you're a female bodybuilder, whenever you do contest prep, chances are you're going to lose your period. Like there's really no working around that. Some women don't, some women are just, their reproductive system is fucking resilient. And they're like, nah, baby, baby on show day, let's fucking go. Right. But for most of us out there, like when we get to below our bodies, like happy weight for producing like adequate amounts of progesterone and estrogen, like mm-hmm. reproduction is just not a priority at that point. Just keeping, your, keeping your dumb ass skinny, your shredded ass alive is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to like, if it's like a really severe case and understanding that like for some women, I mean, they don't have their period for years and years and years, but like understanding, like how do they get to that point and how to prevent it in the future and regaining that cycle a little bit quicker. I think one, it starts with acknowledging like what went wrong the first time acknowledging your emotional state, letting go of timelines, arbitrary timelines that you're just coming out of um, the blue with and understanding that like, you need to take this shit seriously. Like, like, especially if you're in a health phase or you're repairing hormones or whatever, like there are certain things that you need to kind of check yourself when it comes to your priorities. And that's like maybe giving up like late nights where you're like getting fucked up with friends, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure you're surrounding yourself with culture and people that are actually supporting what's in your best interest. And unfortunately that means like growing and adopting new friends and new people in your life. And that's okay. You're allowed to do that, but you need to make sure that your entire life is dictated by this new chapter of healing or correcting things. Because like, 
you can say that you want to take, you know, like, let's say for a woman who's um, having amenorrhea, you know, taking fucking chaseberry is not enough. If you're drowning yourself in like a gram of caffeine every day, or if you're doing cardio and fucking hit on like the Stairmaster or whatever, like chaseberry is not enough, right? Like if you're going to be all in, you need to be all in. And I don't like using that term because there's a certain influencer that did like an all in bullshit journey. But like, if you were going to take your health seriously, you need to like, take it fucking seriously. Brit's like dying over there, but she already knows. She already knows. You're going to do it, do it. Just do it. Yeah. Um, so like, so for you, like you, you came from being very overweight and then you kind of had this, like this, phase of like, well, I don't want to call it a phase, but like you had this time of like, um, dieting chronically, um, eating disorders, you know, uh, and then you got into bodybuilding and then you were still kind of in this mindset, but coming out of it. And now like, you're kind of full, I would say that now, like you're kind of like fully, um, you will totally understand and know yourself well enough to know what you need, but then you also do what you have to do. Um, so like, how do you think that you came back from such destruction in your body? If at all possible, I know you're still working on it, right? Like this is still always all, all the, all the time, yeah. but how do you, how did you come back from that much destruction? I mean, like you've made huge strides in your journey, um, losing a ton of weight, but then also getting into competing. Um, but then also now like getting into health. So like, you know, what do you think is like, how, what was the comeback from that destruction? Like, and how have you, how have you gone through that? So that they, so that the listeners understand like you came from a different place than me. Like I've always kind of been fit. Um, so what was, what is that like for you? Yeah. My husband and I had this conversation, I think it was like a week ago where he says that I say things in a manner, which is harsh. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because sometimes you need to hear the hard truths, but what I'm about to say is I don't think it's harsh because this is just my fucking mentality, but obviously someone who doesn't have my mentality and understand like where I'm coming from, they're going to perceive it as harsh, but in order for you, like, in order for me to like get from, you know, morbidly obese, 250 pounds to where I'm at today is I literally had to be fucking sick of my own bullshit. That is just fact of the matter. You have to realize that what you're doing is wrong. And that is a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to realize that what you are doing is causing your pain, whether it's emotional or whether it's physical. And it's not that you can't acknowledge those emotions. It's not that like, you can't say that like what you're going through is difficult. Cause I see these people where it's like, Oh, people have it harder than you. Yeah. Everyone's going to have it harder than you to some extent it's relative based on the individual and their experiences and their needs. So I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that like things are going to be difficult but if you truly want to change, if you're past that pre-contemplation like stage, you need to understand that like it is your own damn fault for the most part where you are. And for me, it was acknowledging that like, even though I was active in sports and yes, I wasn't necessarily taught proper nutrition, like I hate to be a blunt about this and use it, but no one had a gun to my head. Like no one said, Ashley, eat those fucking Twinkies, right? Like no one did that. It was my decision. I chose to do that. And like, you know, I had to realize that like, I was the one doing it to myself. So I accepted that and it sucked and it hurt because like, no one likes to tell you that you suck, especially when you're telling yourself that you suck. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you realize that that's where you're going wrong and then you make decisions and steps to correct it, 
that's a step in the right direction. Now, granted, I fucked up a lot, right? Like I didn't necessarily have the guidance that I wish I would have had in terms of like, you know, navigating, you know, a caloric deficit and developing lots of eating disorders and stuff like that, which is why like, you know, I'm glad and blessed to do what I do with helping people learn how to, you know, fuel themselves properly. But I think it's important first to acknowledge that you're like, you're the one that's fucking up and to take responsibility for it and ownership for it. And then be like, okay, well, this is what's going wrong. So if I don't know how to correct it, get help. So for example, if you have an eating disorder, go check yourself to a rehab clinic, get a therapist, get a support group, a community, a network, something. If you are wanting to diet, get a coach, registered dietitian, whatever. Like there are people out there that yes, you will have to pay because spoiler alerts, shit ain't free. But if you get the right people in your lives, you will get better. It may take time. It will take time. I promise you it'll take a lot of time. But again, freeing yourself from that timeline will get you from point A to point Z. It will just take time. So for me, it's like, you know, I started at 16 years old. I'm going to be 26 on Friday. Decade of my life. I know, holla, but a decade (laughs) of my life. It has taken me to be a 250 pound female to anorexic, bulimic, orthorexic. If it fits your macros bodybuilder to where I am now, where it's like, understanding that like I'm at a place where I know a lot and have so much more to learn, which is so fucking exciting. And I still have ways to get better. Right. It's not just like you work with a coach for a year and suddenly, you know, everything like that's not how it fucking works. Like you are always growing and developing as a person, as an athlete, et cetera, et cetera. But it first starts with finding where, finding the root cause, finding why you are, where you are at, what are you doing? That's incorrect. And then making steps to make that correction. Right. And like, I mean, like I had someone reach out and say, like, you know, they feel as though whatever their coach, they themselves and their coach do, they can't seem to get the rest of like the weight off that she's looking to have off. Mm-hmm. And um, it's okay to have goals. Like it's okay, but you have to, I would say like, think about what your current patterns are, because I don't know everything about this person. And I know this person, this person's going to listen to this and I'm talking directly to them. Think about your current habits. Like think like literally be so honest with yourself about what's going on and what you might need to do and how you might need to pivot. You might want to get into more of a professional level, but you might need to step back for a little while and chill the fuck out. Focus on your health, focus on your hormones, uh, get blood work looked at, maybe a Dutch test looked at, get a coach that can, uh, that it can interpret something like that. Um, and then focus on fixing whatever issues you see there. And like, and I don't mean just like, uh, here and there, I'm going to make sure that my thyroid is working. I mean, like no distractions, nothing. We're focusing on that and nothing else. I don't give a fuck about losing weight right now. I don't give a fuck about being leaner. I don't give a fuck about, you kind of can't give a fuck about like building muscle. Like we are focusing on that. Um, and you have, can I stop you right there? Yeah. If people took that mentality, I don't give a fuck about losing weight. More people would lose weight. Yes, absolutely. More people would lose weight. Because, because look, the, the after, I always call it a side effect. The side effect of focusing on your health is your desired body, your desired, your desired self. Like, and so focusing on that is, is your key is your ticket. Um, so like when you feel like you're plateauing and you can't lose any more weight, are you really doing everything that you need to do? 
are you like, really be honest with yourself and, and make a list and say, these are the things that don't help me. I'll be honest on Saturday night, I went out. That shit didn't help me. I couldn't do the podcast on Sunday because I went out like straight up, Ashley, I'm sorry. Like I like, could not, I was in the Tom Nick trade meeting hurting. Okay. So if I'm ever, if, if this week I'm not making the progress that I need to, it's because I did something that I was not supposed to be doing. And you acknowledged uh, it, which is important. Yeah. And then this, like starting today, you're probably already back on your bullshit. I don't want to call it, but you're back on your shit, right? Right. Weight is up a little bit, but it's okay. Like, I was like, but it's okay. Um, and I have to, under, I have to look at that and say, okay, that's not going to happen again. I don't like the way that makes me feel. Yep. And so we move on. Um, <laughs> and so we have to be just honest with ourselves and not be ashamed of it. Um, but make a list. Like if I were to make a list today, that would on, be on my list and be like, cross it out. Like we can't do that. Um, that is something that I cannot continue to do consistently mm-hmm. in order to still be productive the way that I need to. Yep. Um, and look, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and then talk about like, have a list on what you are doing well, like also acknowledge the things that you are doing well, like getting back on track when things happen. Um, when you, when you're staying consistent on, on your bullshit or when you're training hard, like think about the things that you do well. Um, and also put that as well. Cause those are important. Cause you want to make sure that those things you continue to do, if not amplify even more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I was going to share an example of something that I'm currently doing to make myself better. It's like, everyone loves their cup of coffee, right? Like I am no exception. Like I love my coffee. I usually go to Starbucks. I mean, I used, used to go to Starbucks like three or four times a week. Right. Cause I love fucking love. I'm a whore for a nitro grande cold brew, mm-hmm. a whore for it. Like bad. Um, but I realized that I was like drinking it on my rest days and really just like going out of habit, not going out of necessity. And I was like, well, this probably isn't the best thing for me, especially on rest days. I'm like, I don't really need caffeine. Like I don't really, like, I'm not training. I don't need to like have that like mental cognitive boost, that performance boost. So I've really no need to go all the time on my rest days or even days that I train and like double up with like a, a pre. Right. So it's like, that's where I was acknowledging that I probably could be better in this scenario. And yeah, maybe it wasn't like fucking me up as much as like, you know, going out and partying, but like, there's still going to be a consequence. Like I was talking about earlier, like it's going to be a negative consequence in terms of like putting me unnecessarily in a sympathetic state. Like, I don't need to, I'm like, I'm coaching or maybe I'm going into the distillery to work. Like I'm doing something that like requires me to be on, but not like full fucking blast. And so like, I cut that out. So not only am I saving self time, um, I'm saving myself some money. And also I'm, we're starting to rely more off of my natural energy sources. And I'm using things like more adaptogenic herbs. Like I have like this mushroom coffee powder that like doesn't have caffeine, but it has mushrooms and cinnamon and cacao. You know, I'm using things like, um, cacao powder and maca powder in like a smoothie. So I'm like getting, you know, a more diverse, like vitamins and minerals and like herbs and botanicals, like diet. And I'm relying off my food for energy because spoiler alerts, you don't need caffeine. Like, I know that's like blasphemy, but like you need to sleep good, like seven, eight hours, maybe nine. And you need to eat good. And that doesn't mean like eat good, like home down cooking. I mean, like eat a variety, diverse, you know, plants, animals, what have you. Like, that's what you need for energy. But it's when we start to like, you know, have an IV of fucking caffeine and like have a pre-workout, sip on energy drinks, 
pick fun. me up like caffeine don't, powder don't pick me up yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like like you don't really need a 2 to 3 p.m pick me up like what you need is a better balanced lunch a better balanced breakfast to stay hydrated and to go on walks in sunlight but like ain't nobody want to do that they just want their cup of joe because like offices just have like coffee hour they don't have like team walks outside which i think that would be a great thing to do in offices you know what's cool is that i'm actually doing that in my office i'm doing yeah. a wellness walk when every wednesday um hey. so that's you know that's off topic but i wanted to say how proud i am of that um but anyway so yeah like i have i think it also takes this is what i want to say it also takes like yes, eating well, yes, like relying on your own energy, but also like trusting yourself that mm. you can't do that throughout the day. And I, cause I think that people don't tr- sometimes don't trust themselves. They're like, I need that, or I can't work. Like I can't work the way I need to, or I can't stay focused. Like you have to trust yourself, like to feel like I can do little things like that. Like I can, I can work without that. I can, I can have a great training session without that. And that takes like trusting your mental fortitude and like your will to do things. Um, cause I remember I took, I cut out caffeine a, a while back, like, and I didn't consume it for, except like, actually, no, I didn't consume it at all for months from like July of last year, all the way to maybe like January of this year. Um, which is, I, I mean, I kind of cut it cold Turkey. So like, yeah. Not everyone's able to do that, but I did that for, for anxiety purposes. I was having too much anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just inserted it back this past February. Um, and I can tell that I don't feel like I need it. Like, mm-hmm. because I had that period of not having it because now I trust myself. Yep. Like you remember when you couldn't sleep, right. Mm-hmm. And you didn't, tr- it, there was a, the sense of anxiety when the sun went down, because you were going to have to lay down and go to sleep. And when you started sleeping again, I'm sure it was like, you trusted yourself to be able to sleep. Like you trusted yourself to be able to do that. You had to at some point, but when you're going through that, like you don't trust that you'll be able to get through it. Like you don't trust that you'll be able to actually relax. Um, I know for me, like I had to really, let, I re- really had to be myself in those times and trust myself to know what to do if, if I started having an anxiety attack or if I was able to relax and sleep. Um, and so it's kind of the same thing with dependency on things. And one of the reasons why I think people um, don't navigate like their health phases the way that they need to, because they don't trust themselves to not engage in things that aren't serving them anymore. Yeah. Or maybe um, they don't even trust their coach because you have to like buy into the plan too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good I think, just, I think the problem with that though, is like, not the problem with it, but I think like why people can't trust themselves or trust their coaches or whatever, like the trust issue is, is because they've been sick for so long that they've almost kind of lost hope. So it's like, you mm-hmm. know, they've been sick and like, this is like their normal, right? They've just accepted it versus like understanding like, it's hard to visualize that when you've been sick, and I'm not meaning sick, like with a cold, but I mean like hormonally sick, or like, if you haven't had a period. Like you, that's been your normal for so long. It's kind of just like, it's just like your, your Monday, your typical Monday, your typical Tuesday. Like you just, it's just your life. So you don't yeah. think about, you can't picture because you don't know how to picture a life when you're not sick or like when you like menstruate regularly, for example, but like trusting yourself 
to allow your body to heal and kind of releasing that expectation that it has to be done by a certain time. And, you know, like, like Sarah said, um, in her post today, not trusting the process, but trusting your work. That's really, really important. And I think that's kind of like the, the first steps into proper grounding of health and healing. Yep. Yep. And you know what? I think we can just leave it there. Like I I think that's a good spot to, to end this on. So, um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Hope this was helpful for you. Next week, we'll have a good topic to talk about and we'll figure it out. And (laughs) we will talk to you next time. Peace. (laughs)